What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Self Helpless. I'm Kelsey Cook. I'm Delaney Fisher. And I'm Taylor Tomlinson. And this episode's coming out on April 13th. Another day in quarantine, baby. Another Mm -hmm. day podcasting remotely. Yeah. Can't see each other's faces right now. That's always (laughs) a good time. (laughs) I wake up every morning afraid. (laughs) Just a lot of guessing happening right now in every sense. (laughs) Yes. But I will say getting to record is like the highlight of my day. I look forward oh, to this so very much. much. Me too. I just love hearing your guys' voices. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it reminds me that the world's not, hasn't ended yet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're still here. We got this. We're doing it. No, by now, I'm sure that we're, we're doing two episodes a week. Hope you guys are enjoying it. Uh, if you want more than 50 bonus episodes you can head over to our patreon and listen to those it's just five bucks a month uh and we have a great quotable do you want to share that tay yes i do quotable was submitted by a helpster this week and it is by nicholas chamfort okay maybe that's (laughs) what it is (laughs) Uh, and the quote is the most wasted day of all is that in which we have not laughed Mm. Agree. A lot of wasted yeah. days lately. <laughs> <laughs> nah. I'm know, kidding. Even, I'm fine. <laughs> even when times are shitty, I still, I still laugh. You know what I mean? Because like, what, what's the alternative? You know? Just yeah. Sob in a ball. You know? You are pretty good at that, Delaney. I feel like you're, you're good at just being like, well, it's all fucked. So let's just get it all. You know. I think that's how I for sure cope with stuff and get through things is just you got to laugh at how absurd and ridiculous and terrifying a lot of it is. Yeah. No. I I know I'm not laughing enough lately with all the quarantine happening because 
it won't be until like 5 p.m. that I laugh at something. And then I realize like, oh, shit, I haven't laughed yet today until now. Has that been happening Ooh. to you guys? Um, maybe, yeah. If you say no, then like I'm going to just feel like the saddest person alive. <laughs> You know, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if I've really been mindful of that, honestly, Kels. I can't, I couldn't tell you, I couldn't oh. tell you, like how long it goes, or yeah. if I'm like, no. if I'm actively trying to look at stuff that will make me laugh or or what. Yeah, um, I will say, I will say, Sam and I woke up early to go grocery shopping this morning, and like came back and had to lysol everything down and then he had a call and then I had a call and then I had another call and he had a podcast and then I went straight to podcasting here so by the time we started recording because we just wrapped up another episode uh you guys peek behind the curtain um <laughs> I I did notice during that recording I was like "Ooh, I, I sound weird what is that happiness because it had just <laughs> been it had just been so like all morning where I was just like anxious and yeah afraid and you know wearing gloves and oh, oh god man um yeah. and then before we kind of get into this this discussion just a heads up uh if you join the patreon you can submit submit quotables that will make it on the show so this quotable was from one of our wonderful patrons so just a shout out to them yes. for that uh very cool you can also vote on topics for the show as well and pick yeah. the the topics that we discuss yeah it's a fun place it's a fun place um <laughs> so today we're doing an episode that's a little bit like minimalism Marie Kondo decluttering 2.0 we've done episodes on this before and this is another um avenue of it and I'm excited I mean I'm sure Delaney are you a little wet right now because oh this is, you know it baby this I is am your so jam. <laughs> so ready yeah I'm excited yes. we're reviewing a book today called let it go by Peter Walsh um it's uh it's a book that's all about turning downsizing into rejuvenating life changes with useful tips and practical takeaways so yes I'm all for it I've been looking for like another Marie Kondo type in my life you guys I could read books like this all day every day but it's just I don't have anything to put in action anymore because everything's decluttered I know <laughs> so I, it's it's really it's kind of just like I don't know what do you call it like uh what are those like uh 50 shades of gray books that people like what do they call those 50 what? shades of gray yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, like, not like porn like it's soft core porn is that what they call it oh, oh yeah, yeah oh yeah yeah like romance not like daniel Steele novels yeah this is like my book porn this is basically you know there's nothing that i don't you know that i can really t put into action but oh i will still ingest this material over and over anyway you guys there's no time like the present to really get this going um <laughs> so to start off transform the chore of downsizing into a celebration of new beginnings Maybe you're faced with the challenge of moving homes or you've decided to slim down your current home or have inherited a, a cluttered home from a late relative. In any case, the prospect of sorting through a potential lifetime's worth of stuff can be incredibly daunting. It doesn't help that downsizing often coincides with momentous changes in our lives that only add to the stress and emotional difficulty of going through our old things. So let it go yeah. will help you learn, you know, what the items in your home say about you, how someone can end up living in a shrine to the departed, oh uh, and why a single seemingly ordinary item may be all you need to remember a loved one. Uh, well, so, what do the items in your home say about you? That feels yeah. like 
a very mean Cosmo article. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, and like the Shrine of the Departed. Oh, I've I have for sure experienced that before stepping into some people's homes, which, oh, you know, yeah. it's like that's a tough one, though, too, because like you want to you want to keep things that, you know, help you remember your loved ones and stuff like that. But do you ever get do you ever find that you guys like if you have something out, it's just kind of like a constant reminder to like be sad. Like I sometimes I feel like it could be counterproductive to have too much of that out. Um, But absolutely. Yeah, I I would recommend a dead mom drawer. Um, (laughs) That's a drawer full of stuff that reminds you of your, you know, and you can put insert whatever you need to put in the dead mom slot. Is that what you have, Taylor? That's what I have. I think I have yeah. everything on a shelf or in a drawer that yeah. I don't see all the time. Uh, but I ha- like I have one picture of me and my mom in a frame, but it is behind some other frames on a bookshelf in my office. Because I totally agree with you, Delaney. I think you have to. Uh, I think you got to know what you can handle and what's just going to be a constant reminder. And right. what's going to be like a nice reminder? I, I think it varies person to person, but I like a I like a drawer of all the stuff that you can open up and go through when you want to revisit that and remember and cry or laugh or whatever. Um, but yeah, I would not I would not uh, erect a shrine yeah. of any kind. Yeah, yeah. The, the drawer is actually a really good idea. Like having the drawer for most of it, and then displaying a couple things that you like. You know that. That, that you can handle, like you said, um, out in mm-hmm. the open. And then <laughs> the, the Cosmo comment you said <laughs> of uh, what the items say about you. I have a feeling it's going to probably point to what like your passions might be or what your items will say about, like, you know, there'll probably be a disconnect to what people own and what they're actually passionate about is what I'm foreseeing from this book review. Yes. I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of feng shui tie-ins with this book as well. Yeah. Yeah. Kelsey's excited for that one. I am. Okay, (laughs) go ahead, Tay. All right. The possessions we accumulate can become a burden. As we move through different stages of life, we pick up a few material hitchhikers along the way. These include clothes, devices, furniture, big and small, that come into our possession over the years. Many of the objects are well-used and well-loved. In fact, we often exhibit an absurd loyalty to things that may seem worthless to other people. (laughs) That is so true. Much of what makes up this convoy, however, isn't loved and isn't used. This is the clutter that piles up in our closets, attics, and under our sinks. Oh, under my sinks are so bad. My bathroom sink is a black hole. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, it's bad. It's really bad. Uh, Clutter is more than just a nuisance. It's a hindrance to your success. Clutter can prevent doors from opening. Not just literal doors, but figurative ones in your life as well. I mean, I know I've gone to meetings where they're like, you just seem like you got a lot of shit under your bathroom sink, and we're not going to give you a TV show. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but stuff anchors you in place it can prevent you from jumping at opportunities so in one u.s study 78 percent of people from around the age of 60 reported feeling reluctant to move homes because of all the stuff they owned Ooh, that's so real stuff can also 
I know, right? Stuff can also cost you money. The cost of keeping your belongings in storage or of shipping them across the country can often exceed the value of the belongings themselves. The author worked with one family that was still paying rent on a unit 20 years after putting a deceased grandmother's things in storage. That is crazy. Stuff can also cost you time. The time you spend moving, arranging, cleaning, and fixing stuff could be better used in building loving relationships and having meaningful experiences. That's why instead of allowing things to pile up on top of you, you need to learn to let them go. I I think that that's such a good point. I was making fun of it a little bit that your, your stuff can hold you back from opportunities. And then they had that example. And that actually does make a lot of sense that oh, yeah. it could keep you from moving to a better place or what have you. Um, and it it's, yeah, the more stuff you have, the more expensive it is to relocate. I mean, Kelsey, I'm sure you thought about this when you were thinking of moving to New York. Um, You're welcome, by the way, for keeping you here. Thank you Um, so much. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But like, how expensive would that have been, not just to move, but to move all the way across the country? Oh, astronomical. Uh, Obviously, living in New York itself is incredibly expensive, but just looking into how much it costs to um, like put... Uh, a, like a trailer onto your vehicle because if you're going to, we had to have our cars there. So we had to go the, the driving across the country route or they can ship your car, which is unreal how much oh money God. that costs. Oh my uh, God. How much is it? Oh, I don't remember, but like many thousands, many thousands, oh I think. Um, and yeah, it, it was, it really had to be like, okay, we are 110% sure in every way about this move in order to spend all this money to get there. And it's not like that. I mean, I guess emotionally it could be an investment like in your career to spend that money, but it's not like a security deposit on an apartment that you are probably going to get back. That's just a one-time cost of travel. So we we were not there emotionally in terms of like, yeah, we want to do it this badly. It was going to be so inconvenient. So yeah, good point. Yeah. I hadn't even uh, thought about that. It's been so long since we were t- talking about that. Yeah, I uh, I totally agree with everything, you know, uh, Taylor just read. It's like, I have personally saved so much time, energy, and money from being a minimalist and just not having much stuff. Because, you know, if you if you're collecting things or, you know, b- constantly buying a lot of stuff, that's like, they require maintenance. They might require, you know, more pieces or parts that you have to buy for them to function. They have like, like it just, it creates this like snowball effect of just like kind of a time suck of, you know, you just kind of doing and cleaning and moving things and spending money. And I don't know, I, I think, I think it can really like make people less mindful of what they actually need and yeah. what they don't need. And you know what's so interesting is like who I don't know if I was talking to Taylor about this on a walk or something, but like you think about what's happening right now, people are really forced to think about what they need and like yeah. what they what they what they really need to survive, what matters to them most, you know, maybe it's keeping in touch with friends and family. And it's like nobody's rushing out to get, you know, fucking couch covers from Ikea right now, they're, they're spending money on food and water and, you know, bidets and shit. So it's like, (laughs) you know, it's, it's so fascinating, like in a time of, you know, crisis, like it's so apparent what our needs are and what is excess, you know? Yes. Yeah. 
I think you can also um, really see the figures of it with money in terms of if you hire movers, um, if you are moving, because they're paid by time. So the more shit you have for them to move, the more it's going to cost you money. So like, that's a big motivator to think about that if you have like a move coming up in your life or at any point. But um, also, I know we talked about it. (laughs) It's funny we're doing this episode now because I just talked about that I had like very recently gotten rid of my high school prom dresses and all of these things that had come from my mom's house that I had just been carrying around. I love the way he uses the term hitchhiker, like material Mm -hmm. hitchhikers in your life. Um, Because yeah, like my mom, and I, I do think it's that generational thing where she had been for a chunk of time spending money on a storage unit to house like the beanie babies and the things that they themselves don't even have monetary value anymore. It's just like some sort of emotional value. And um, if you add that up over the course of years, it's staggering how much that adds up to rent storage units. And I know so many other friends' parents who are either doing the same thing or have done the same thing. Yeah. Well, dude. Oh, man. I I have been... (laughs) I have, you know, I have definitely been given a lot of shit in certain ways uh, by, you know, for being a minimalist and um, people just kind of think that it means that you just don't care about anything sentimental and like, you're not fun, like all this shit, right? Like so many, so many like preconceived notions. And it's like, no, I actually, everything on display is sentimental and means something to me. And if it's, if it's no longer something I want to keep, I take a picture of it. And then I put that picture in my digital picture frame. So I would see it. I can see it circulating around still every day when I want. Yeah. And so I think it's sometimes it's really important to remember, like, it's not the thing. It's not like the physical item that holds the memory or like, you know, holds the, the loved one or whatever. Right. It's really like the, it's just triggering a memory. Yeah. Like the memories yeah. inside your head, but by seeing that thing, you're reminded of it. And so by seeing a picture of that thing, it does the same thing for me. Yeah. yeah. Unless it, it's it, like an urn. That right, actually then, does. Yeah. Then the people really contain. are in there. For yeah. <laughs> for sure. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But I don't know. I just think it's funny. Like people, people will kind of assume like, you know, I'm not sentimental or, you know, I'm, I'm not like, I don't, I don't like allow myself to indulge in fun things. And it's actually total opposite. It's like, I want to spend all my time and money doing fun things. That's why I don't want to collect shit. Yeah. Because I want all my time to going into experiencing things and spending time with friends and family and creating stuff. I don't want anything I don't need getting in the way of that. Yeah. You're an excellent example of that, Del, for sure. Um, (laughs) So we struggle with scaling back our possessions because it evokes uncomfortable emotions and tough life questions. Um, Scaling back is a challenge for many of us because our old stuff can trigger some very deep emotions and memories. Um, Objects become inextricably tied to times and places they were used. Our old stuff also forces us to confront the difficult questions we might avoid, like how much have I achieved in life? How am I going to spend the rest of my days? Um, Remember, your belongings are not the source of your pain. They're merely the trigger. So downsizing 
is an ideal time to do some self-searching and let go of the emotional baggage that you carry around. Ooh, I love that so much. Um, reframe your downsizing into a positive and rejuvenating experience. It's an opportunity to celebrate your life, come to terms with memories, let go of ambitions that are no longer relevant, and look forward to relationships and experiences in the future. 100%. I think oh there's God. so much like feng shui stuff tied into that. Like what you are surrounding yourself with, you can make part of your identity. And if it's all this old shit, it's just constantly reflecting back to you that that's who you are. And then you're stuck Mm. in that. Dude, I can't even tell you like, I mean, we just kind of talked about this with Josh Wolf uh, for the 420 episode, but it's basically a way for you to reinvent yourself. It's like by going through your stuff and like letting go of the things that no longer really serve you or your passions and making space for those new things. I can't tell you how many times I've done this uh, especially with changing careers and stuff. Like I had to get rid of, a, I had to get rid of a lot of stuff to make room for all my new Dick Spy Delaney stuff I needed to get. And oh. especially when I had physical, when I was selling physical products now, obviously I sell digital products now, but, um, I had to like clear out drawers and stuff that were going to hold my inventory. And like, I, you know, got a label printer, like I got all these things and I wouldn't have been able to really you know, function properly if I still had all this other old stuff that I really didn't need. It would have made my job a lot harder. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times our possessions almost become like tattoos on us. Like we carry them with us for so long and it informs who we are. And when you get rid of that shit, you can, it's like being able to remove tattoos that you couldn't otherwise. But if you just keep holding on to it, it's going to feel like it follows you forever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's so good. Dude, and especially like if there's a certain object that you look at and every time you see it, it makes you feel guilty. Oh, get rid of it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Get rid of it. If it's like something really expensive that you don't use and you just feel like shit that you wasted money or whatever it might be, like just get it out of your sight and out of your home and gift it to somebody or donate it to somebody. Because you don't want to just be feeling like that every day either and just keeping stuff because you think you should, you know, because you, yeah. yeah. Um, my friend Allison, who does so many great uh, videos on YouTube about this sort of thing, one thing she said that always stuck with me is like, don't hold on to something because you feel bad that you spent the money on it. And now it's like you, you're pressuring yourself to use it because you spent the money, yes. but you really haven't. It's like, well, whether you keep it or not, the money's already been spent. So right. like yeah. lose that part of the equation because it doesn't matter anymore. Like it's a decision you made. You can try and sell it maybe depending on what it is. But right. like if every time you look at it, it just makes you, like you said, gives you that guilt trip of it, then you're just doing yourself a disservice. Like it's all bad in that situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. All right, Del, do you want to read the downsizing one? Yes. 
So downsizing can help you clarify who you are and who you want to be. Human beings often express their identities through material objects. We display mementos from important moments in our past. We express our identities in the clothes we wear. Um, the books we have maybe reflect your you know, education or political views. The tools we have communicate our occupations. And some items we have express future ambitions. Our belongings may also keep us attached to certain identities, often ones that don't fit us anymore or prevent us from moving on. Ideally, your belongings should serve your current identity. They should make you feel proud, uphold the image you have of yourself, and empower you to become the person you want to be. Any object that causes you emotional pain or inhibits you should be let go. Yeah. A hundred percent. You guys, every time I feel like I have to change my identity, I feel like I have to go through my stuff as almost like, uh, it's very symbolic for me. Like when mm. I, when I quit standup comedy, I got rid of m- most of my standup stuff. I really? got rid of like every, you know, every little lanyard I had from a comedy festival, all these types of things, because it just didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't connected to that part of myself anymore. And I also didn't want it as a reminder that I used to do that because that, you know, shifting that was, it was like, I've talked about it before. It was like such a painful breakup is what it felt like. Um, Um, And so, yeah, I got, I got rid of, you know, nobody would be able to come in my house and be like, Oh, you used to do stand up comedy. I see. Like there's just nothing, there's nothing symbolic of, of stand up in my home anymore. Yeah. I kind of laughed. Oh, sorry. sorry, Go ahead. ahead. I would just say I I laughed reading the line that says we express our identities in the clothes we wear because I just pictured you wearing the same, what looks like a formal bridesmaid's dress two days in a row because you had, you didn't want to do laundry. And it's just, (laughs) it's just funny to watch somebody hit such a, um, a low point and not having clean clothes to wear that it's not that they're wearing like scrubby clothes they've gone to like the full formal options like it's like a dude wearing like a a tux because he's out of like clean shirts (laughs) and I just looked at you and shook my head it was Kelsey you know what's so funny I did wear that as a bridesmaid (laughs) I did I knew it but we literally had no clothes like actually I spent um Cam and I spent some of my birthday day doing laundry um so we do have clothes now thank god but uh yeah you know it's just if you have it wear it you know <laughs> do you want to share that you almost wore cam's uh oh briefs on our walk yes. okay so i had been out of underwear for a few days you guys because i just what didn't feel like doing? doing laundry yeah, what are you doing you just fucking free balling it i free ball it dude where am i going nobody knows um actually you know what i've been doing the same thing in sweatpants i shouldn't talk there we go yeah see like nobody knows i don't I, I really don't wear bra and underwear in my day to day most of the time. So I was, but I was like, okay, I'm going to go out for a walk and I am wearing a dress. I should probably put something under just in case. And then I went into Cam's underwear drawer because I'm like, well, I'll just wear one of his boxers <laughs> or oh, briefs. And I pulled it out. He only had two pairs left and one was just covered in holes. It wasn't even, it wasn't even like underwear anymore. It was just like this fucking cloth rag. It looked like (laughs) Swiss cheese, you know, like there was just, there was so many things happening. I was like, well, I I might as well just wear no underwear because that doesn't cover anything. And then the other option was just like very tight compression shorts that were too tight for me. 
<sighs> what a journey it is being your friend. It's just fun to stand off to the side and watch the choices you make. They make me laugh every day. <laughs> anyway, sorry. What were you going to say, Delaney? I think you're going to oh, like ask. I was going to say, have you guys done that before where you felt like you needed to start anew somehow, whether it was like after a breakup or, or changing a job or like a new year's resolution where you like physically had to make things feel different or look different or get rid of stuff in order to like cue to yourself that this was like the start of a new chapter. Have you guys done that before? Oh yeah. I mean, when, uh, when Kyle and I were breaking up last summer, um, I like before, before we even knew that we were definitely going to break up for good. I was like, I'm moving. Like I, I can't, I cannot stay in our apartment. Um, so that for me felt like a huge thing. Like when I looked at the apartment I'm in now, I literally like walked in and within 10 seconds was like, yeah, I want, I want this apartment. It feels very like me and mine. Yeah. And the apartment that I had moved into with Kyle was like our apartment. And yeah. so that felt like the identity attached to that apartment. And so being in it alone was really, really difficult. And moving into a new space that didn't have, um, you know, all of those memories or, or that, um, that emotional weight was extremely helpful in like, helping myself get to a place emotionally where I'm like, okay, you are not that person anymore. You are not that person in that relationship. And this is you moving forward. I put that on my iPhone screen for like a month. I just wrote, I just made that my background where I said like, I go forward. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think that it's really touched on that much in this book, but uh, I know I've dealt with it with feng shui things, but there's such a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. But when you live with a significant other, you are not in control of all of the belongings in that house. Right. And I know that that's been a struggle for me. That was a struggle for me from the beginning with Kane is like, how do I learn to be okay with some of his belongings that like don't spark joy in me, but that spark joy in him? Yeah. Um, have you guys dealt with that, uh, living with significant others? Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Are you kidding <laughs> Cam me? Cam has garbage. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> right. No, I, uh, I think it's, um, I think it's just being mindful of like how much each of us have, cause we have a small apartment. And so it's just like prioritizing, you know, what's the most important things for us. And so I, we just have designated areas. Like we have one big shelf where the majority of things are displayed. And like, we, we each have a couple of those shelves. So it's like evenly dispersed. And then we have a little, um, like a little bookshelf, you know, downstairs too, with a a few things, but it's, it's kind of just like designating our own areas. I feel like, um, has helped me at least. And I don't think Cam really cares where his stuff is, but um, yeah, like we, you know, we have our own dresser, dresser drawers and stuff. So we also have our own like display, uh, spaces as well, which I think is helpful because then you can also see like if one person has, is starting to kind of get a little bit more cluttered, they'll also, that will be noticed more noticeable for 
both them too. Be like, oh, I should maybe think about if I want to keep this or or not or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Tay, when you moved into your new place, Tay, did it feel really liberating to not have to deal with like any other person's things? It's just like everything you looked around, you're like, this is all mine and I'm in control of all this. Um, honestly, I miss all the Red Sox stuff. I felt like that really <laughs> brought um a new color. No, I uh, <laughs> it was honestly, it was it was weird for me and I because I had also I've I had also never lived alone before. And, um, and now I don't anymore either, um, (laughs) in this quarantine, thank God, because I would be going crazy, but I Mm -hmm. I had never lived with myself. I had lived, you know, with my parents or roommates and then a significant other. And so moving into an apartment by myself was, um, at times really liberating and cool and going, everything I'm looking at is mine. When I come home, everything's in the same place I left it. Like, all of that was really great. Um, but I also like, it took me a long time to decorate. Like, and maybe that's just cause I was traveling and busy, but like, yeah, there's also something to, cause we all went through our, our decluttering phases. So I didn't have a ton of stuff, but I did have, I probably still have more than I need and I could go through it again. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think there's just a different, it's just different being by yourself and having all of your own things because when you do live with somebody and you get to a place where you have like figured out where their stuff goes and where your stuff goes and you're in, you're sort of in that groove with each other and then you have to remove yourself and just have your stuff. And and I think anytime you move, you end up getting rid of things that you own just to make it easier. So I got rid of a lot of stuff too. And, um, yeah, I mean, again, it was both. It was it was being sad that I had like let go of all of the I had let go of a lot of like emotional emotionally charged artifacts because they were yeah. connected to my old relationship. Um but yeah, I also I also could put up whatever I wanted without asking anybody and yeah. like display whatever <laughs> books I wanted and whatever pictures and um it is it is cool to be in a space that is entirely your own and if you are in a serious relationship and you do live with somebody like that doesn't mean you can't have that I think what Delaney said she and Kim do is and I'm sure what you and Kane have done as well Kelsey is where you just like you just have your spots uh, yeah that are your spots and where you feel like this is where my identity is in the apartment yeah Mm -hmm. for sure yeah exactly and I think it's like important to know that like you know, you might go through like, you might have like a decluttering phase or like, you know, adopt this new lifestyle of minimalism, whatever that might be, but your partner might not be into that at all. Like they might not be on board for that for themselves. And so I think it's, I think it's at least important for me to say that I don't try to like push that onto cam ever. Like we're, you know, we got our own things going on. Uh, and I never, ever like, get rid of things behind his back or throw any of his things out. And I just don't think that is okay to do, um, to anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that can, that has also been a misconception when people find out that I'm a minimalist and, you know, I think Cam is just kind of, you know, minimal in his stuff too, just because that's his personality. He doesn't really spend time, you know, buying things, but, um, 
I think I think it's been perceived that nothing in the home is safe if I'm here. Like if Cam gets a gift oh, or something, oh, yeah. they're afraid that I like if, if Cam is given something, they're afraid I'm going to like get rid of it or throw it out or donate it. And I'm like, uh, Cam is his own person. <laughs> you know, he yeah. makes those decisions. Now I might say, hey Cam, I'm going to do a goodwill run, uh my monthly goodwill run. Do you have anything that you want to put in here? Uh, like, do you need this and this? Do you want me to put this in your drawer or whatever? I might ask him and he might say, yeah, I'm going to keep that. Or no, I don't want to keep that. Okay, great. But I never make those decisions for him. And I don't think anybody should do that. Um, if anything, you just kind of do your thing. And then if people get, you know, if your significant other or roommate or whoever it might be gets curious about it, then you can kind of like ask, you know, answer their questions and stuff like that about why you're doing it. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. so let's move on to the next one curating the spaces we inhabit helps promote the inner life we want humans tend to designate different spaces for different activities the different spaces we inhabit for different activities also impact the different moods we have when we are in each space for example we don't like to contaminate our relaxation space with work documents but if you have a lot of clutter it is harder to maintain the boundaries of the different spaces you keep Ooh, that's so true to maintain a positive ambiance in your home, you should only keep items that contribute positively to the spaces you live in. The objects you keep need to fulfill three criteria. First, they should complement one another and create a coherent space. You may think your grandparents' vintage furniture is too valuable to part with, but if it crowds your chic and modern apartment, let it go. <laughs> Second, the objects you keep in your home should be ones you actually use or like. One, your home is a living space, not a storage cupboard. And third, your possessions should fit comfortably into the space you have. Don't overpack a space to the point where you can't move freely within it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. I totally agree. I love I love that I moved into a place that I can like have an office type situation because oh, yeah. it helps me be more productive for sure. Oh, I cannot wait to have an office one day. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. is, yeah, that, that would be, you know, mine and Cam's next move for sure. To, Do you uh, guys get, feel like you have a weak spot in your decluttering ability? Like something that you're like, oh, I just can't, like you have a hard time getting rid of a certain thing? Jacket. Um, Jacket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I have oh, too, many jeans. too many what jeans. What about you, Kels? Is it makeup? Yeah, I mean, makeup is very, very hard for me to declutter, but I have a, a really hard time with um, like wall art and photos. And I know, Del, you said to get like the digital photo frame, and I definitely should um, should do that. But like, yeah, artwork or show posters or um, any sort of like memorabilia, I tend to go, oh, well, I feel sad if this is just like shoved in a box or drawer, so it should be hung up. But then you walk in and it can feel a little bit like cluttered or small because mm. I've taken up every square inch of wall and I, I'm trying to do that less. So that's probably my weak spot along with makeup, of course. Mm. That's a good, that's a really good question. Uh, I don't know if I, I don't know if I have a specific weakness with the I'm kind of an asshole. <laughs> okay. I, like, I, I, I'm kind of able to get rid of whatever doesn't uh, kind of whatever I, I don't feel like I need at that moment. 
like maybe, maybe the year prior, it was something that I'm like, Oh, I for sure want to keep this. I think, I think I'm always kind of prioritizing my things. Um, so like something that I absolutely need and love right now, you know, in five years, it might be the thing that I donate, but that, I think that's kind of dictated based on like what's going on in, in my life. Because like what we were talking about with, you know, like Kelsey's possibly like moving to New York. It's like, if you find out like, oh shit, I'm moving somewhere. I think, uh, that really changes a lot. Right. Like I think people are more willing to like let things go in preparation for a move. Cause there's like, you know, there's like a bigger reason why they're doing it. Right. And so, um, yeah, I think that's what usually inspires me to like reprioritize is like oh if there's like a new event happening do I need to make room for something or you know that kind of thing yeah I don't know guys food Um, maybe maybe my weakness is food (laughs) (laughs) sometimes I'll keep jars from the food and maybe try to put some (laughs) not like like little jars that I might want to like make my own DIY I don't know toothpaste or something yeah (laughs) DIY toothpaste. Downsizing can be an occasion for intimacy and bonding between loved ones. Um, Sometimes downsizing is a joint endeavor. In the event of parents passing away, for example, it's common for siblings to share the responsibility of sorting through their possessions. When done poorly, downsizing can um, augment pre-existing tensions between loved ones, and it's essential to communicate frequently and sincerely during downsizing. Set up ground rules that everyone agrees upon, make compromises when you need to. When done well, downsizing can resolve tensions and bring loved ones closer. One woman reported to the author that she and her sister became best friends during the two challenging months they spent sorting through their late mother's house. Downsizing in this instance can be an opportunity to get to know your loved ones on a deeper level. Together, you can, you can explore the emotions that objects evoke, reminisce about the good times, and support each other through the changes in the future. Remember, it doesn't serve your loved one's memory to keep everything they ever touched. The truly meaningful mm. objects will get buried underneath all that clutter. Ideally, you should only keep the few objects that best capture the character of your loved one and the joyful memories you have with them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, have you guys experienced this, having to go through um, somebody's things and kind of pick and choose what, what you keep and what you let go? I love um, it. I haven't either, fortunately. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, the only time I did was uh, when my uh, my dad's mom passed away, when my grandmother passed away. And I remember um, going over to her house and basically we were kind of all told like, okay, pick the thing, pick a couple of the things that like you love the most. And... I still have it. And those are the things that I keep. I have uh, a little, she, uh, my grandma loved the holidays, like especially Christmas and did all kinds of funny things. Like she'd buy the ugliest tree that she could find every year. And we'd have like a crazy decorating, you know, party and making it, trying to make it look attractive. Um, and, uh, so I kept like a little, um, it's like a, what do you call it? Like a pot? What what do you put like a hot pot on? What do you, what are those called? A pot, uh, a, p- a pot. You know what I'm talking a, about? A, a pot stock. Like, like a like what a are, cloth thing to put. No, kind of like a tile almost. Oh, like a, oh, yeah. Like a mitt. Not a mitt. You like put the pot on this little piece of tile to cool oh, down. Yeah, I know what you're talking. Yeah, I know exactly what word? you're talking about. My grandma had those. 
Yeah. Oh, oh God. They're Quarantine like, brain. They're, uh, they're almost like iron. <laughs> yeah, kind of. So I kept one of those that was like holiday themed and I put it out every year for Christmas. Yeah. And then um, my grandmother was obsessed with like collecting salt and pepper shakers and she had a shit ton of different ones. And so I kept the ones that like made me, you know, think of her. So yeah, I have like a handful of items, but I see them all the time. Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know. I totally agree with that. You don't have to keep everything, but just maybe the things that you, you know, were meaningful to you. Yeah. I just did that with um, Christmas ornaments, actually. I realized that I'd been carrying around this giant box of like Christmas decorations and ornaments. And if I really went through and was like, okay, what really means something to me? I got rid of maybe 75% of that box and was able then to just store what was left in there in a drawer. Like I completely wiped out. It was probably like at least one and a half feet by one and a half feet. This this box was pretty hefty and just not uh, a nice thing to be taking up space. So it's like you use those things for maybe two weeks of the year but I'm using right. so much space in a closet for them. Oh, it just yeah. didn't make sense. So it's like, I still want those sentimental things, but I just tried to be more honest with myself about what actually meant something. Dude, exactly. Like we had to move our Christmas tree. We have a used, or what, what do you call it? A uh, fake Christmas tree that we put uh-huh. up every year. It's, it was taking up most of our closet. So now it just lives in our trunk of our car because we're like, this is <laughs> so this smart. Is so this is crazy. Like this is taking up so much space and we use it for one, one out of 12 months. Yeah. Uh, so smart. But, um, have you guys question for you guys? Have you guys ever like kind of, um, gone into like, you know, the room or spaces of your home and thought about like, okay, what do I want to feel with when I'm in this space? And like, what colors would help me feel that way? And then kind of like Ooh, place yes. those colors in the room. Or the definitely, area, definitely, definitely. Yeah. I will now. <laughs> yeah, where have I mean, you done that, Kels? Oh, just in like in every room of my apartment. That it's it also feng shui. I mean, I know I'm such a fucking hippie witch with all that, but there are supposedly certain colors that are better for certain areas of your home in terms of feng shui. But there is an energy. I mean, you you feel a certain way when you look at certain colors. Yeah. Um, seeing a bright yellow bedspread as opposed to a black bedspread, that's a very different feeling that that's right. probably going to evoke when you look at it. So, um, yeah, uh, bedspread is a big thing for me cause that's something you're like, you're seeing every day and it can be a lot of color. Uh, and just, I don't know, depending on what the area of the house, the home is, but I've had to think about that a lot. Yeah. I've thought about that mostly like this, this past like year, year or two that we've been in our apartment. And yeah, so like my bedroom has a lot of light blues, like kind of like pastels, like, you know, light turquoise, light lavender, stuff like that. And then my living space has like a lot of like oranges and stuff. Cause I feel like that's a cozy color. And then, you know, my kitchen will have like the bright yellows or anything that feels like kind of vibrant and energetic and like crisp or whatever yeah 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 I I got a new like duvet cover and stuff for uh before all this happened and I still haven't put it on my bed because I can't handle any more change (laughs) (laughs) oh really yeah (laughs) what what color is it 
it's like a it's like a dark teal it's like a cool floral print because I, yeah. I have white bedding and okay. I like that and it's nice and crisp and all that but I was like oh I'm gonna try something different and uh now I'm like I never want a different thing ever again Had <laughs> <laughs> about enough yeah yeah oh man but I, yeah, I, that's one thing I noticed that helps a lot. Like, I feel like I actually use the space, what, what, like the way it's meant, it's meant to be used now because of the colors. I know it sounds weird, but like, I feel when if, if my bedroom that I kind of stated, like, this is for like relaxing and sleeping and maybe some yoga, that's exactly what I use it for now. And I feel like the colors really have helped that. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, Okay. Is it my turn, guys? Yeah, just a little last chunk. Last chunk here. All right. Remember, most of us own more things than we need or use. Downsizing, when done right, can help us move on with our lives, improve our home ambiance, and still preserve the memory of loved ones. When making decisions about what to keep and what to get rid of, be mindful of three elements. Who you want to be, how you want to live now, and what you want to remember. Yeah, I think that's excellent advice. Me too. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm man. all fired up again. Are you guys fired up? Like I'm going to immediately go look for things to get rid of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I went through a closet like week one and uh, I definitely got rid of a lot of stuff, but I can go through again. Um, oh yeah. People send me your shit so I can go through it and donate it. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I, I have nothing left. <laughs> and I did I tell you guys I do like the um just like the revo- it's like a never ending goodwill bag that I just keep in my closet. Yeah. Oh, so so smart. I just continue to take that in. So it like I never something that I don't need or I don't like or I'm not gonna use, it never like ends up in a place for it to be, get cluttered, it just goes straight to the Goodwill bag. Mm, so there's smart. no like, you know, in, in between phase, but um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, we have an iTunes review of the episode. This is from Mindy Wesley uh, says, I love this podcast. This podcast is keeping me sane. Keep up the amazing work. XOXO. Thank you, Mindy. We oh, appreciate so nice. you taking the time to do that. Uh, yes. And if you haven't, go leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Pretty please. Yeah, it helps us so much. We really appreciate you guys doing that. Yeah. Um, I feel like this was a long episode. I don't know how long we've been recording for, but... I it's like about know. an hour. Really? We had a lot, we had a lot to say. Um, did you guys want to do segments? I don't really have anything in particular, but if you guys have something, go for it. Taylor, do you got anything? Um, let me think. What are, what are our segments? Treat yourself. <laughs> I don't Treat know. Yourself. Self-careless. To um, fuck. It's so Good weird to shit. think about things during this time because I just feel like life is so different and like m- more uneventful. Yeah, it's just like one long day is what it yeah. is. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. I mean, I did I talk about looking looking at little women shirts online? <laughs> you told me. I think you told us about that in person. <laughs> Did oh, I talk about that in person? I don't know about this. Oh, okay. I had a night that I got really sad and I just texted all my sisters and was like, should I buy us all little women t-shirts? Would that be a fun thing? Oh my God. What does that even <laughs> mean? I, like did, little women. Did you see, you, you <laughs> well, probably didn't I, see little women. I mean, um, I didn't see it, but I know the book. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But they have shirts um, <laughs> based on the movie. <laughs> 
You mean like like Amish frocks type of a thing? No, no, just like shirts with like quotes or pictures on them or something. I'm like, wouldn't that be fun? So did you read the book growing up, Kels? Yes. It's so good. It's like my childhood and it's four sisters so we all were like we have to see it together and all that. oh um but yeah so i was like would that be fun if we all just got little women shirt and then it kind of like fizzled out um <laughs> because everybody wanted i wanted to get us all different shirts and they were like we all like this one that you sent us i'm like i sent you 12 They're like we only like this one and i'm like well i can't get us all the same shirt that's gonna be crazy <laughs> so like then that's where you draw the line yeah. in all of this <laughs> You're yeah, organizing to get all his little women shirts. And then when they're like, but the matching ones are like, absolutely not. That's not <laughs> no, it was, a, it was a botched treat yourself. Although I will say, here's a treat yourself. Sam and I uh, killed a couple hours looking at pajamas online before eventually ordering robes. <laughs> so <laughs> that's where Too we're Too much at. effort to put pajamas on. You know, we just couldn't, we couldn't settle on pajamas that we, we liked. And then he found a really cool robe. And so I was like, I guess we're getting robes and they're taking forever to get here. But that was, uh, that was our, that was our treat yourself. That's cute. I like it. That's a nice thing right now. That is, that sounds really, yeah, that sounds very cozy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I have a couple robes that I wear a lot as, um, my work outfits. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, I'm glad you're getting one. Um, I would say, I guess my good shit is I turned 30 yesterday. So yeah. that I know that we're recording this, you know, or this is kind of come out what, the 13th, but 13th, my birthday yeah. was, yeah, Sunday, April 5th. And, uh, you know, I feel the same. Everything, <laughs> I mean, the same as in, I feel no different since the quarantine happened. It's been just this yeah. weird, this weird kind of, moment in time so Mm. I don't feel maybe I would have felt different uh if I was having my birthday out in the world or something but yeah you know just felt like a nice Sunday nice (laughs) um yeah what a Sunday it was um yeah I've been um I just have some like maybe recommendations or just telling you guys what I've been watching I um I just started season three of Ozark and I'm loving it so far. It's so good good so far. Um, I also have taken quarantine um, as the time to watch Game of Thrones. So I'm halfway through season two, getting ready to just join society, I guess. I'm the only person who has not seen that. And um, I mean, obviously Tiger King watched that, loved it. They're releasing another episode of it this week, which I'm excited for. So just they are. Between. They are. They're releasing one more episode as like a bonus type of a thing. Um, I haven't. Yeah. I haven't watched it, and I'm. I'm afraid to. <gasps> is there a oh. lot? Is there a lot of animal abuse in it? No, no. I mean, if I can handle it, you can handle it. It's yeah. there. There's. You're not watching any sort of like um, graphic thing like that. No. But it right. is happening. But it is happening. Shh. That's what. That's what I'm. I don't know if I can watch it. I think it'll make me too upset. Okay, because you are watching you are watching tigers in cages, right? You're yeah. watching for tigers being exploited for money, right? Yes. If it's tigers being exploited for money, I'm out. Okay, <laughs> I can't. yeah. But does he does he shoot a gun uh, near tigers? Yes, yeah. I mean it's and he like sells you know. them or something, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It's yeah. a lot of crazy people, but it's so right. good. I mean, right. also I that guy has coronavirus now. Does he yes, really? He does. Yeah. Wow. You know? Is that what the new episode is? 
I don't know. I'm, I can't wait, though. Oh, I'm so excited. I know. Wow. Anyway, those are my, my little TV recommendations. But, uh, uh, Ozark is so good. Kels are going to love it. It's oh, so I'm good. so excited about to start episode two. Oh, God. So good. Hey, Taylor, have you seen Ozark? I watched the first few episodes. I couldn't get into it. Really? Oh, oh I it's love it. So good. Oh, I love it even really? more than Breaking Bad. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. Uh, Maybe I'll I try love it again. I love it more than Breaking Bad because I am attracted to Jason Bateman. Oh, I was just gonna say I want to fuck Jason Bateman so hard. <laughs> God damn it. I mean, I'm, so not, I'm not. A, I'm not attracted in that way to Brian Cranston. I think that's what is the difference for me. <laughs> you need right. that a little Yeah. Bit. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right. Well, Alrighty. thanks for tuning in, guys. And I guess we'll talk to you next time. Yeah. Uh, check out uh, Thursday's episode now that we do two episodes a week. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to Self Helpless. We love you guys so much. There are a few different ways you can support our show. You can leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us move up the charts. You can also tell a friend about the show, post it on social media, and you can join our Patreon. It's where you can get bonus episodes from us and lots of really fun content, ways to interact with the show. That's at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. And if you go to selfhelplesspodcast.com, that's where you can get links to all of our individual stuff. Delaney, where can people find you? You can find me at DelaneyFisher.com. You can find uh, the online courses there, one-on-one creative consulting, watch my comedy special, and find Dicks by Delaney there. Perfect. Tay, where can people find you? You can find me on ttomcomedy.com for tour dates and links to everything else social media-wise. I am at Taylor Tomlinson on Twitter and Instagram. Perfect. You guys can find me at KelseyCook.com for all my tour dates. My Instagram is at KelseyCookComedy. Twitter is at KelseyCook. Uh, please be sure to watch my foosball web series on YouTube called Wrist of Fury. I've had Delaney and Taylor on together. It was such a fun episode. And you can download and buy my album Savor It on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you find comedy albums. We also want to give a shout out to our amazing producer, Lauren Mahoney, and our amazing editor, Emma Erdbrink. We love you guys, and we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.